재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Some years ago I started calling myself Ginger Peter Sherlock Rosemary Emmanuel The Archbishop of Canterbury You may know me better as The Real Slim Shady Rumoured to be the new signing for Westminster and the Thames. And I just love to ride horses. But only if the Banjo Union Bolt has been corrected. First chapter. It's time again for first chapter. We read you an excerpt from a different book every week, usually from the exposition. Today I'll be reading from Yi Dong-ha's Bunapesa, or Outside the Door. Here's how critic Kim Han-sik describes the beginning of Outside the Door. A man in his late 40s is standing outside the locked door to his apartment in 1990s Seoul. He cannot get in his apartment since no one is home to open the door for him. After a long while, he happens to find another person waiting outside his door. And that person, it turns out, is his father, who has come all the way from Daegu to visit him. In the part I'll read today, the protagonist is fussing over his elderly father. I'll be back after Miley Cyrus and Billy Ray Cyrus singing, I Learned From You. Outside the Door by Yi Dong-ha He let out a sigh unwittingly. Though he took every opportunity to point out his father's clothes and to plead with him, his father always dressed himself that way. The old man insisted that he preferred comfortable clothes. Moreover, the old man continued... He had never been and was certainly not in the position where he needed to go to the trouble of saving his face or dignity. I lived all my life barely feeding myself and my family. What's the point of wearing suits and neckties at this point in my life? I'm just an old man, nobody important. As we old men put it, I'm an old thing, a bygone thing. His father folded over with that old harmless laughter. But I need to think about my reputation. He sometimes had an urge to put his foot down about it all. Father, you may feel comfortable that way, but as for myself, I feel embarrassed to face my neighbors. I'm a so-called teacher, aren't I? I teach people. Of course, he had never said this out loud. Each time, he'd only ended up struggling to keep it suppressed. The old man had once visited him at work, unannounced in his usual set of clothes. Even then... He didn't say anything, although he still suffered greatly inside. The old man had been born that way, and he lived his whole life that way, in poverty. Shabbiness was part of his nature. To use a common phrase, scrubbing dirt off and rubbing on polish at any cost, at this point, 
might have been a baser thing to do. There was a plastic bag on the bench beside the old man. The old man would go nowhere without it. Even at a glance, it resembled its owner very much, worn out, rumpled, and hollow. Thrown as it might be into a garbage can, no one would be tempted to pick it up. He looked up at the old man's face. Only then did he notice a cut on his father's forehead. Dear me, what's happened to your forehead? He cried in surprise. Nothing, it's nothing, the old man said, waving his hand at him. Stay still for a second, please. He moved up close to his father and looked into the cut. It looked like a scratch made by a stick or something. It stood out much more against the bald part of his head, receding from the forehead all the way to the crown. Slightly off the center of his forehead and to the right was a scratch, a straight line about two finger joints long, which made the old man look all the more miserable. He couldn't help being overcome by sudden waves of compassion for his aged father. Judging by the blood still drying in the scratch, it had probably happened only a few hours before. He then noticed the old man's broken glasses. Obviously, he had bumped his head hard against something. What on earth happened? You even got your glasses broken. It must have been a really big accident. Where did it happen? Asking one question after another, he felt his own shoulders going limp. His spirits couldn't sink any further. No, that's not it. The glasses were already broken before the accident. The old man blushed like a child who had done something wrong. When I was walking under the tree over there, something suddenly brushed against my forehead. One of the pine branches was hanging low, so I thought to avoid it as quickly as I could, only to end up this way. These days, I get into accidents like this quite often. My eyes have gotten so dim I can't quite make out things around me. I'm going around butting my white head into this and that all over the place. It seemed more than just the old man's failing eyes, though. Perhaps, at his father's age, one's sense of space also tends to become dull, he thought. What can I do about it? It's all because I'm old, isn't it? Walking around isn't what it used to be either. These darn feet of mine keep losing their footing, giving me so much trouble whenever I get on the bus or something. I'm also falling over all the time. As the old saying goes, woe are the aged. The old man laughed silently this time. Feeling drained of energy for some reason, he couldn't say anything in response. He looked up into the sky. The glow that had dyed the sky over Mount Kwanak crimson was cooling into ashen dusk. Another airplane flew away over the mountain. Shouldn't you put some medicine on it? Then, after a good while, he added, 
It'll help it heal quick. It'll be okay. Leave it be. The old man waved his hand. Don't fuss over nothing. It's embarrassing. Forget the medicine. The old man made sense. He nodded his head weakly. It wouldn't do to put the red mercurochrome right in the middle of his forehead. A band-aid would be overdoing it. He thought he would look for an ointment of some sort as soon as he got into his apartment. May I take a look at your glasses? He asked after a while. Nothing's wrong with the glasses either, his father said, handing over the glasses. He took time examining them. Incredibly, the glasses were the spitting of their owner, too. The black horn-rimmed spectacles were much too heavy and crude and were well out of date. He himself had been wearing glasses for at least 30 years, but he knew that glasses of the kind were no longer seen outside antique shops. Further, one of the legs was outrageously different from the other and the rest of the frame in both color and thickness. It wasn't the original leg. Worst of all, there was a burn mark on the frame. Apparently, his father had put it on something like a bricket fire to fix its crookedness himself. When did you get them? He felt like clucking his tongue at him. It's already been five or six years, I guess. They weren't as old as he had thought, so he blurted out, Why does the frame look so beaten then? Mine's as old as yours, but it still looks as good as new, doesn't it? I got the frame secondhand in the first place, you see. Lenses were new, but the frame was secondhand. A new one cost way too much. It was ridiculous. I've had absolutely no problem seeing things, even with the used frame. He inspected the broken lens meticulously once more. Unlike the lens for nearsightedness, it was bulgy in the center and heavy. The heftiness brought to mind a strand of a long-forgotten memory. A few years before, his father had had an eye operation. For some time before the operation, his father complained about a dimness in his eyes, which eventually led to a complete loss of sight. It turned out to be glaucoma, a common disease among elderly people. The operation itself was not a difficult procedure. His father's blood pressure could pose a bit of an obstacle, but according to the doctor in charge, it shouldn't be too big of a problem. Indeed, the operation was successful with no complications afterwards. His father had his eyesight back, which was not that great, but tolerable. All ended well at the time, but the fact that he never went to see his father during or even after the operation weighed heavily on his conscience for a long time. Now the fact of the matter was that his father had gotten these ridiculous-looking spectacles around that time after the operation. He remembered wiring a small amount of money into his father's online bank account to cover the charges for the operation. But then he never managed to visit his father always making this or that excuse to himself. Now, the beaten, antiquated spectacles triggered a fresh onslaught of shame, making him blush down to his neck. He took out his handkerchief and wiped the lenses carefully. The thick dust covering the lenses indicated his father had failed to clean them properly even once a month. The sticky grime stuck in the grooves between the lenses and the rims were impossible to wipe off with a thing like a handkerchief. He barely managed to clean the middle parts of the lenses carefully. And after taking off his own glasses, he tried them on. He couldn't make out anything around him. 
All the objects blurred out of their shapes beyond recognition, looking twisted and hazily distant. He quickly removed them. When it occurred to him that the muddy and distorted sights could be the realities of the everyday world surrounding his father, he felt stunned and frustrated. He returned the spectacles to the owner. Then he murmured in a tired voice, You should clean these more often. Glasses get dirty and grimy easily. You're saying you can see well with these? You must be an extremely patient person. The old man laughed aloud. I'm okay with these. What's the good of looking into worldly affairs? All I want is just the rough ideas. That's all. Nothing's wrong with my glasses. Yes, I take your point too. He also laughed it off. Having said that, these glasses are beyond salvaging, father. Now you're here, let's get you a new pair. What are you talking about? I said the old pair's all right with me. The old man waved his hand very hard. How much longer will I live? No need to spend money at all on things like this. I'll keep wearing them. Don't you dare think of wasting money. But you're embarrassing others by wearing them. Don't worry yourself about it. I keep telling you the truth. I'm all right already. Yes, yes, I got it. He finally gave up. Please, do as you wish, father. You've never followed our advice anyway, have you? Perhaps the old man sensed some curtness in his response. He suddenly felt silent, casting his eyes down. But as he stared down at the ground dejectedly, he forced an awkward smile. For some reason, the old man's earlobes turned red for a moment. The sad, disheveled hair that remained sparsely around his ears, looking like dried weeds, burned into the sun's eyes. The songs we played in between were tracks from Tugon Kamja, starting with Shiso main theme, followed by Shiso nylon version. Today I read from Idonga's Bunapesa or Outside the Door, translated by Chun Biseri. The story was published as part of the Asia Publishers K Fiction Bilingual Editions. Copies are available any place where books are sold. The writer Idongha was born in 1942 in Osaka, Japan. He moved to Gyeongbuk province after liberation and was in the first grade when the Korean War broke out. He spent all of his childhood struggling in poverty until he made it as a writer. This personal background led to a style wherein he, quote, embodies the trauma that is not determinable, representable, or nameable by conjuring it in the name of loss, and uses various aesthetic strategies to bring out the trauma into the realm of existence. This according to critic Kim Eun-ha. If you want to know what happens with the father and son, check out Lee Dong-ha's Outside the Door. It is time for this week's quote. Today's quote, it's a story actually, is a Hasidic story about how to approach a big difficult task. 
Two men are convicted of horrible crimes. As punishment, they must walk across a rope over a deep ravine. If they make it to the other side, they get to live. If they fall, that is their punishment. The first man steps onto the rope and slowly, carefully, makes it to the other side. The second man is amazed. How did you do it? He asks. It's simple, the first man replies. Whenever I felt myself tipping too much to one side, I carefully leaned a little to the other and corrected myself. We have arrived at the end of our show. Please go to our website if you would like to learn more about next week's topic. I'm Jamie Chang. Have a wonderful week and tune in again next Sunday at 10 a.m. for another brand new installation of The Bookend. Taking us out is Father by Every Single Day.